I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Greetings, adventurers. Today, we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. You might notice that JJ and Kat are not on this episode. They're out enjoying their summer, but they will be back next week, so don't you worry. On this episode, we have a guest host for you. Her name is Sarah. Sarah is a local comedian here in Atlanta and a good friend of mine, so I thought it'd be fun to bring her on and guest host the podcast. Sarah, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I saw you on the video nod. I was like, okay, well, hopefully she knows she has to talk to the audience and not just visibly nod to them. It works out every now and then. (laughs) (laughs) On this episode, we're really excited to bring on on another guest from a story that I read on Reddit. Thought it sounded really cool and super interesting and would be fun to share with our audience. On this episode, we have Clay as a guest. Clay, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. So Clay, something, and Sarah, I'm going to ask both of you this question, but Clay, something we ask our guests when they come on our podcast is to kind of figure out where they are on the supernatural scale. So zero meaning they don't believe in ghosts at all. 10 meaning ghosts are 100% real. Clay, where do you kind of fall on that scale? Probably about a seven, maybe seven or eight. Okay. Yeah. That that's I'm I'm kind of around there these days. When I started this podcast, I was probably about a three or a four. But after hearing so many stories, I would say all of us at this point are probably somewhere between a five and a seven. So totally get that. Sarah, what are you? About a negative three, negative four? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think I'm maybe a two or a three. 
I don't know. I just, I want to believe. I just haven't heard enough stories that have really convinced me. Well, I think that's fair. I mean, Sarah, I kind of pinned you as probably being our JJ of this episode, being the hardline skeptic. So I think a two, that's, that's pretty skeptical, wouldn't you say? I definitely will take everything with a grain of salt, I would say. Well, I, I prefer pepper, but salt works as well. <laughs> so Clay, how old were you when you had your first supernatural experience? Oh my, oh, I was probably about, it was a long time ago. Like I was still visiting grandma and grandpa when I was a kid and like, elementary school like probably kindergarten age yeah i had i've had one like i guess quote-unquote supernatural experience where i saw something that seemed to be a ghost and that's about how old i was too i guess well i don't know i was probably about 10 so maybe a little older sarah have you ever had any supernatural experiences not that i recognize as supernatural experiences i think i always justified any like noises or things i caught out of the corner of my eye with like some kind of basis in reality, whether or not it was or not, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Supernatural, it's it's one of those things. I mean, I thought I swiped my hand through a ghost as a child and five people, or not five, but four or five people screamed and ran out of the room. And even after that, it was still hard for me to admit to myself, hey, you know, I might have experienced something supernatural. Clay, did you have a similar experience or did you kind of accept it right off the bat that this is what was happening in your life? There's been like a couple of times when I was just, no, you know, someone's messing with me or like, no, there's, there's, there's an explanation. I just don't know it. But, uh, and then there's been times that I'm like, okay, no, that's gotta be something paranormal. So Clay, you came on tonight to share a couple stories with us. I know on Reddit, I saw the story um, regarding your grandmother and then you had several hauntings in one night. Can you tell us about the experience with your grandmother? My grandmother passed away in 2014, right before I was graduating high school. A year later that I moved in with my brother, and my brother's the one who got her ashes because she was living with my brother at the time. And there was like this uh, velvet box and that's what her ashes were kept in. It was still in like the uh, sealed bag that the crematorium gave them. And they just left it in that box on a uh, table in the living room. And that's where it kept. That's where it stayed. This box had like this Velcro strap to keep it shut. And late at night, Sometimes you'd hear Velcro, like the of the Velcro. And uh, anytime we ever heard that noise, the, the Velcro strap on her box was undone, even though nobody was anywhere near. People weren't even in the room. Sometimes you could hear like the microwave beeping and because she loved Chick-fil-A chicken sandwiches. So the house would all of a sudden just start smelling like chicken sandwiches. Or like sometimes you'd see like a coke laying around when no one's opened a coke. So we always joked around like, oh, that's grandma. She's trying to get out of the box. She's trying to get her some food, something to drink. Did that bring you comfort or like, how did that make you feel when you started to connect the dots that, hey, my, my grandmother is trying to interact with me from the beyond? It was a bittersweet thing because like on one hand, I was like, oh, hey, grandma's grandma might still be around. And then on the other hand, it was like, well, then that means she's not in a better place. That means she's stuck here. And that was kind of saddening to know that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to believe that story because it's so sweet. <laughs> it's just like a really sweet idea to think about your grandmother just wanting to come around and do like her normal things and hang out with you guys. Yeah, I also love that she has the magic ability to make the house smell like Chick-fil-A. 
<laughs> that alone, I mean, if you could, if you could box that up and sell it, you would never have to work again. I was apparently one of the only, I was apparently the only one who ever smelt Chick-fil-A. Like if I was like, oh, I smell Chick-fil-A, then my brother or his wife would be like, no, you're, you're crazy. I don't smell anything. <laughs> now have, have um, any of your other family members experienced any hauntings with your grandmother? My brother's wife. She said that she can like, sometimes it's like really faint. And she says she can sometimes hear her voice. And then she's like, she says she swears that she's caught like glimpses of her or something like that. Or like in the few months after she passed away, before they moved out, before they moved away and got rid of like all the furniture that was in her room, she said uh, she would pass by that bedroom that she stayed in. And there was the impression of someone laying in the bed and all stuff like that. Ooh, yeah, that's pretty spooky. I mean, at least you know it's your grandmother, so it's not like as scary. You know, it's just seeing, I guess, an impression in the bed. You said that you had some experiences earlier in life. And then, of course, you had um, this one with your grandmother. What's your guttural reaction to that? Are, are you okay with having these supernatural experiences? Do you wish this is something you didn't have to deal with? Or, you know, how does that make you feel? Anytime I deal with any paranormal experiences at all, at that moment, I'm like, okay, can y'all calm down, please? I'm not ready for this. But then like uh, later on, I'm like, all right, that was kind of really cool to go through. You know, I have a story to tell now. So I can say like, oh, hey, you know, this happened to me this one time. So on the, after, after the fact, I actually do kind of enjoy that I went through it because I just find stuff like that. I find paranormal stuff fascinating kind of feel the same way but I'm always curious like people say that you have to quote unquote be open to it so was there a particular way you were raised were you raised religious or, or is there something that makes you open to it or do you just think hey this just happens to me and I don't really know why so I growing up I was always I was raised uh, Catholic and anytime something anywhere remotely paranormal happened my other grandmother on my father's side would always be like, well, that's just guardian angels or, you know, that's the, that's the devil trying to get you to do something you're not supposed to do. Through just experiences and choices in life, I steered away from religion. And now I see it as like, you know, that's, that's something paranormal. That's, you know, maybe a uh, spirit or something like that. I was also raised Catholic and I can very much relate to the, oh, that's just a guardian angel <laughs> comment. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what what it is, but a lot of our guests um, were raised Catholic. I wonder if there's ever been a study on how many people in the Catholic Church believe in ghosts or have had like any kind of supernatural experience, because it's a pretty high number of Catholic guests that uh, are people, you know, that have, have been involved at some point or another with the Catholic Church. Uh, so, Sarah, you were, you were raised Catholic, too. Did you guys ever like get your house blessed or anything like that? No, we never did. So my mom was Catholic and my dad is Baptist. Okay. Um, so we it was always this like we, all of the kids were raised Catholic, but we weren't hardcore Catholics. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because I had not really heard of that until I moved to Atlanta and met some friends that grew up Catholic and or raised Catholic. And then one of them told me they moved into a new house and they were like, oh yeah, my mother-in-law is coming down and they brought some holy water from the church and they're going to bless, bless the house. And I was like, excuse me? And he was like, yeah, they're going to bless the house. And I was like, what, you like throw water on it? Like, I don't understand. 
and because I just never really, I wasn't raised Catholic. I hadn't really heard of that. I mean, I'd seen, you know, things in like the exorcist and stuff like that. So obviously I've heard of holy water, but yeah, apparently it's not super uncommon for people to get their house blessed. I mean, it's probably just more of a ritual than anything, you know, like people do this, let's do it. But I mean, yeah, even going like in and out of the church, they have a little holy water sitting there and you dip your fingers in it and you do the sign of the cross, like you're blessing yourself. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. With holy water. Yeah. I actually went to um, Italy and like saw the Pope speak. And there's a moment where you can bring items to like see him speak. And he says this blessing. And then like the things you have are considered blessed by the Pope. Whoa. So you get like weapons of Christ to take with you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good choice of of an item to bring a weapon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have had guests on who have had, like haunted houses they've lived in and it's gotten so bad in the houses that they've turned to the Catholic church to come and bless the house. And some of them have said that completely warded off the, you know, quote unquote spirits or ghosts. And then some of them said that it warded them off for a while, but they eventually came back. So I don't know, you know, this whole paranormal thing, it's, it's just so much going on and so many stories. That's why I have to believe that there's something to it. I just can't believe that you know, there's nothing there. Like how can all these people have something to tell myself included? It's not like everybody's just making it up, but yeah, it's fascinating. With that said, Clay, you, I also read a story where you had like four spooky instances in one night. Is that right? Oh yeah. That was, that was a crazy night. I was in my junior year. Yeah. The beginning of my junior year of high school, I had gotten out of school. I, I got out of school early. Like every day I had uh, two or three free periods, which is where you don't have class. You just like study or something. Mm-hmm. And I convinced my, uh, uh, what are they called? The, the people who make your schedule at school, <laughs> I convinced them to put all three of those classes at the end of my school day. So that way I could go to work and help, help, uh, help my mom pay bills and whatnot. And, uh, so I was off work for this day. And, uh, so I just went to go straight over to a hang, hang out at a friend's house. And the plan had been, you know, we're going to go play some games. We're going to drink, have a great time. It's going to be awesome. So we go to his house and we're playing games or whatever and had a few beers and it's around two, three o'clock in the morning. And we're like, you know, hey, I'm hungry. And he's like, all right, well, let's go find something to eat. So we go into the kitchen. We're looking for something to eat. And the layout of his house, it's you walk in through the front door. You're in the living room. Straight, by, straight ahead is the kitchen. And then there's a hallway in the living room that leads to two bedrooms, his bedroom and his sister's old bedroom before she moved out to go stay with their mom. And in the kitchen, there's another hallway, which is a bathroom and his grandmother's old room before she passed away. So down that hallway, we could hear the rocking chair from the grandmother's room. And I was, yeah, was that, was that a rocking chair? He's like, yeah, it's my grandmother's rocking chair. It, it, it happens every now and then. It's, you know, it, it happens. Our house is like haunted. I was like, all right, man, thanks for letting me know before I just came and stayed over for the first time. He's like, all right, let's just go back to the room. We're going to play some games. Just forget about it. I was like, all right. So we go to his room, playing some video games for a little while. It was a couple hours later. He's like, all right, man, I'm heading to bed. I'm tired. He's like, you can stay here and play some video games, or you can go ahead and go to bed, wherever you want to do. So he went to bed, and I just went ahead and went into the other room, and his sister's old room. 
and was playing on my phone for a little bit, just waiting until I could fall asleep. He had wood floors in this house, right? So you could you could hear like really heavy footsteps, like someone was wearing boots and just walking back and forth on this flooring. And that went on for about like 10, 15, 20 minutes or so. Finally, it stopped. And so I'm just trying to put it out of my mind, go back to playing on my phone. And then every time a car would pass by and its headlights shine through the window, there was like this shadow of in the shape of like a man, like six, seven foot tall man just out in the corner. And I kept my eyes glued to that corner for like a good five minutes because I was like already really paranoid because I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know if it, that had to have been, is there somebody standing outside or is that just like, I don't know, like a tree or something that's making the image and my brain is just kind of making it, filling in the gaps to make it like a human figure. All of a sudden, you know, the shadow goes away. There's nothing. There's absolute silence in the house. There's no cars passing by. There's no, like, his dad at the other end of the house. You don't even hear his, you don't hear his snoring. You don't hear dogs barking anywhere in the town. All of a sudden, his closet door swings open, falls off its hinges, and I just was like, no, no, I'm not doing this. I'm out. I'm gone. I gather my things. I get the hell out of there. I, text, I sent him a text. I was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm not staying the night here ever again. The next day when he wakes up, he sees my message and he's like, what happened? I told him everything that happened. And he's just like, oh, yeah, that's Dan. He's a ghost that's been haunting our house. He, he was the one that was in the rocking chair. He's, he's a dick. He does this to everybody. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. So, first of all, that is really messed up that your friend didn't tell you any of this before you got there. I know. He's, uh, when I asked him why he didn't tell me about this, he goes, I thought it'd be funny. If someone passes, like, I feel like you should just remove their rocking chair out of their room. I feel like that's just something that just seems like a standard. Just take the rocking chair away because it will rock and then you will get exactly. freaked out. I just love that this friend of yours had had enough hauntings from this ghost that he's like, bah, that's Dan. He's a dick. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, he always said like, he, he never actually does anything to like hurt you or anything like that. He's just doing all this stuff. And you know, it, from his perspective, all he's doing is trying to scare you, trying to bother you and scare you. He said, he's, he said he's experienced this Dan in his house ever since he was a real, as long as he could remember, ever since he was a real little kid. And he's like, he's never actually hurt oh, wow. anybody. Did they tell you where the origin of the name, Dan, like why they called him Dan? So used to, they always just said like the ghost or, you know, they're like, oh yeah, that's the ghost. And then my friend said one day, he just got, he, he just, for some reason, just was like, oh yeah, that's Dan. His name is Dan now. <laughs> that's what we all call him. And it, it just stuck. They're like, all right. Uh, which is like rule number one that like, really ghosty people say is like don't ever name a ghost because then you'll never get rid of them <laughs> oh interesting oh, i've never heard of that i didn't know that yeah that's what i mean that's what some people believe and one thing i i heard so you were saying that you saw a shadowy man that was six or seven feet tall so have you ever looked into stories online regarding the shadow man clay I have not, but I have a feeling I'm about to learn something very interesting. <laughs> yeah, so I would recommend, you could even use our podcast as a resource. Actually uploaded an episode this past Monday. For you people listening right now, it may not correlate with you <laughs> when we're recording this, but in real time, 
Cod attacked by the Shadow Man and a bird demon. That's, that's how you're supposed to read it. Yeah, so it's, it's a pretty common thread um, throughout hauntings for people to see shadow figures, shadow people. But specifically, if you Google Shadow Man, all of these stories come up. And then I had kind of seen that just with my interest in the paranormal. But once we started doing this podcast, we started having several episodes and people where they talked about seeing the quote unquote shadow man. Now the last episode is the first time I ever heard of the shadow man attacking somebody where essentially the person saw him, got scared, and then he lunged out after her and she ran away. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, and it's also, it's associated a lot with sleep paralysis. Um, I'm not sure. Clay, have you ever experienced sleep paralysis before? Sleep paralysis. That's the one where you can't move, but you're like awake, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have, I have never experienced anything like that before. Yeah. So it's, um, Sarah, have you ever experienced sleep paralysis? Uh, I have, I had, I had pretty bad sleep paralysis in college actually. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Um, yeah. did, did you ever see any, like, uh, did you, did it ever happen in like a dream state for you where you saw figures or anything? Yeah, it was always, it was weird. It was always felt like there was a man at the door and then I could hear, and I would hear like classical music. Um, oh, what a weird flex. Why, why classical music? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And I couldn't, I would like always be constantly trying to like flip over or move my body yeah. or wake myself up. Cause it was, it was weird. I was in like a half dream, half awake state, but I was very aware of the fact that I couldn't move my body. It's a very like kind of torturing experience. Um, it was really stressful. I always felt very exhausted. Yeah, I, I have had it here and there in my life, but I really had it a lot through a stretch of about three years um, in my kind of mid 20s. And man, like it, I mean, it is what it is. It's paralysis. You can't move. Um, and for me, it would always happen in pitch black dark at night. And I'm, I know people who've listened to this podcast have heard me talk about this, but I would see a giant spider drop down, uh, somewhere in the room, a lot of times directly down towards my face. And it happened so many times that I got to the point where I was like, this isn't just real. And I would quote unquote, go to sleep. It kind of felt like I already was asleep because I realized like, if this was real, I wouldn't be able to see a black spider because I'm in pitch black dark. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. Yeah, mine was definitely linked with like anxiety. And then once I kind of got a handle on that, um, it basically went away. Now, now that we live in a pandemic and the world is burning, uh, mm-hmm. it has come back from time to time, but it's but still pretty sp- um, sparingly, but yeah, it's horrifying. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Um, a friend of mine, uh, who listeners have heard this story as well, but Nicole would see the shadow man, much like you described, Sarah, it would start at somebody at the door and then make its way to her bed and then just stare at her. And she would want to scream and move and she can do anything until she eventually, you know, like woke up. But yeah, that's what I always think about when people, uh, like in Clay's story, like seeing a six foot, seven foot tall man in the shape of a shadow or, you know, that shadowy figure. So Clay, you experienced this. Did, what was it like next time you went back to uh, your friend's home? So I never went back for like overnight. I always... I was going to say, I, why would you go back? <laughs> I, I, I went back several, several times, but I always left before it even started getting dark. But uh, I'd always have like my eyes glued to like the different areas of the house where I saw or heard things happening and I'm like it's so weird seeing it in broad daylight in the middle of the day now because like I remember what happened I know what happened clear as day and he'd always just 
he'd always be like, oh yeah, you're, you're, are you looking for Dan? And I'm just like, shut <laughs> up. Don't, don't, I don't want to talk about that. I love that your friend would like torture you with this ghost experience. I've never heard of that in all of our episodes where somebody's just like, bah, yeah, Dan's going to get you. Watch out. Like, who does that? That's so fucked up. I know. Um, part of me is like, was your friend in the closet breaking the door down and like playing little like rocking chair noises? <laughs> he puts like a big scarecrow on the porch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's always, he's always, uh, him and I have always had that like friend dynamic where we're kind of assholes to each other, mm. but not to the point where it's too much. But at the same time, if somebody else is being an asshole to us, we're both like, Hey, you need to shut this down right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Sarah, have you ever had that dynamic with anybody? I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Uh, no, not really. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'm glad you survived uh, the hauntings with Dan. So did you, so you, you never saw him again after that? Was that the only time? That was the only time I ever saw it. Yeah. Apparently he only ever starts getting active around their house. Uh, according to my friend, he only ever starts getting active around like two in the morning, three in the morning. So I was already gone way home by like I left his house at like eight o'clock in that eight o'clock and I was like nope I'm done it's getting late I'm going home I'll see you tomorrow Sarah what would you do if you saw Dan if I saw him or if I like thought that there was a ghost in the house like if you saw a six or seven foot tall shadowy figure well that late at night I have to say I might I might not do much of anything. I might just be like, I might do exactly what you did and just stare at that spot <laughs> until I eventually just like fall asleep with my eyes wide open. If it was in the middle of the day, I would probably go investigate. But, but yeah, late at night, there's something about late at night that makes things, it really heightens anything that happens. Yeah, I, th I think it's like a vulnerability thing, right? Like we just feel more heightened and sensitive. It's probably like some kind of survival instinct from... Mm -hmm our past yeah, it's, it's kind of like that i'm not scared of the dark i'm scared of what's in the dark or what or what i don't know is in the dark Ooh, i like that yeah i'm definitely yeah, scared of what's in the dark 100 <laughs> i'm a big chicken yeah wow so clay those were the two stories that i saw on reddit did you have any other stories you wanted to share uh well i actually got a i, I got a quick one for you that's actually more recent uh oh, great it was a couple of months ago it was probably about two three months ago uh, we just moved into the apartment where me and my wife are living in now. We just moved to this apartment about two months ago. And the previous apartment we lived in, it didn't happen often. But every once in a while, our dog, he'd be like just chilling on the bed with us while we're watching TV. Not doing, my, you know, mind his own business, just kind of staring off into space, doing whatever dogs do. And all of a sudden, there'd be times when he would just perk up real quick he would start growling and then he would jump down and just ballistic barking at our, at our closet door. Like as if there was an intruder in our closet door trying to get to us. And he went into guard dog mode. Oh, wow. Uh, did you guys yeah. ever find anything in the closet? Never. Uh, we, I mean, we, the first, the first few times he did this, you know, we went in the closet, turned the light on, was looking through, you know, the clothes and whatnot. And, never found anything so anytime after that we're just like max 
stop it. It's bedtime. You're going to wake people up. What kind of dog is he? He's a Jack Russell Terrier Chihuahua mix. Well, Clay, we certainly appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing those stories. Um, Sarah, do you have any more questions for Clay before we get him out of here? No, I really enjoyed the stories. I think your friend is a bit of a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I agree, but he's still one of my best friends to this day. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yep. Just Clay, his friend, and Dan. Friends till the end. Well, I'm glad we're putting him on blast. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna try to. I'm definitely gonna get him in contact with this with this podcast so he can listen to it. Yeah, for sure. And if he has any ghost stories he wants to share, just uh, just tell him to reach out. I'd love to hear his experiences with Dan the Ghost. All right, Clay. Well, we appreciate you coming on. You have a good rest of the night. Y'all have a good night too. It's been a lot of fun. I can't wait to listen to this podcast later so I can show my wife. Like, look what I got to do today. Yeah, awesome for sure. Thank you so much, man. Take care. Wow. So that was like one of the more sweet episodes of Real Hauntings that we had. I mean, how cool is that, that his grandmother came back and filled the house of like Chick-fil-A farts? I want that in my life. Yeah, that's a good grandmother. I also like that she was checking on her own ashes. Yeah. Like, all right, am I still in there? Great. So that brings up an interesting point. And I don't know if we've ever talked about this, Sarah, but I have always had kind of like trouble understanding death. I mean, I obviously understand that people and things die, but just kind of wrap, it, it seems like such a big thing. It's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around. Do you have any weird like superstitions about like being buried or cremated? Mm, well, yeah, being raised Catholic, I initially always thought I'd be buried, but I lately think it just seems so much cleaner and easier to be cremated. Easier on the people who have to deal with it you know? Yeah. So I think that seems like the way to go to me, but then, you know, I feel bad that they're stuck with my ashes and they have to figure out something symbolic to do with it. Like that's their problem, I guess, but (laughs) it it just seems so much more manageable than a gigantic coffin buried six feet under the ground. Well, not to go like super morbid, but is there anywhere like, I mean, I know we're relatively young, but is there a place that you think about like where you would want your ashes spread or would you just want some, some loved one to keep your ashes? I don't want them to keep it because then you're just stuck with like me, you know, (laughs) the most Sarah thing I've heard all Um, today. (laughs) Like, all right. You know, I I would like someone to think about me for a long enough time, but then, then to move on from me. Um, But I, I don't know about anywhere symbolic to have my ashes spread. I think maybe just, poured down a drain eventually oh my god all right well and then i'm and then i'm everywhere everywhere (laughs) and nowhere i would i think i would like mine to be spread at like dragon con or something i'd I'd be happy with it oh yeah that would work really well this year with the virtual one okay you i'm not god damn not not trying to get my ashes spread this year (laughs) Let's hold off on on that. And for those of you who don't know what Dragon Con is, obviously you're not all from Atlanta or travel to Atlanta to experience it. It's just Comic-Con, but in Atlanta. About 100,000 people come. I've heard from people who go to Comic-Con that Dragon Con's a little bit more of a, more cosplay, a little more party, a little less Hollywood. But yeah, I love it. I can't wait for it to take place next year. So Sarah, you said you were a two- on the skeptic scale, we can call it. How do you feel after this episode? Did it kind of move the needle for you at all? Are you still about that same place? I, you know, 
I think his friend is just a bit of a dick <laughs> um, and was messing with him. But I did really appreciate his grandma story. So I'll say I've moved to a three or four. I thought the grandmother story was really sweet. I enjoyed the second story more, but I think I kind of enjoy the kind of darker, spookier ghost stories. Those always kind of draw my interest for whatever reason. And because we've had so many stories about this shadow man, I think I would just faint if I saw a shadow man. I I don't know. I don't know how to handle that. I think if I saw that outside of sleep paralysis, I would just do everything I could to justify what it really was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I guess so. It's just such a weird shared experience about like, that's what I want to know is like, how are there so many people that have these shared experiences? Like, does it mean anything? Is it just we're programmed a certain way or, you know, I don't know. Well, you don't think like, because it's a shadow man. So you don't think it could just be like, we uh, have a shared experience of our minds playing tricks on us. And yeah, that's your experience, you know? Right. Yeah. That's kind of JJ's thought on that too, potentially is that it's like uh, something in our DNA and our makeup that's kind of projecting that image that people are seeing. I, I know you're not afraid of anything. I know oh. for me, like if I'm in the woods and it's dark or things like that, you know, things go bump in the night, like that kind of stuff does scare me a little bit. And I, I think that there is just something, some kind of survival instinct that tells us, hey, get out of here. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, and I also, I know I said it earlier, but there is something about late at night that everything definitely gets heightened. Well, my dad always told me nothing good happens after midnight. Ugh, my mom said that too. (laughs) And then one time I brought a friend home really drunk, but we were in high school and I was like trying to hide it, but she was so drunk that I couldn't. And she said it to me again because it was like 4 a.m. And I was like, ugh. You're like, actually, we had a pretty good time. Oh, no, I wasn't drunk. I was the driver. She puked uh, all over my car. Oh, no. Yeah. Yikes. Were you a pretty good, like, straight-laced kid in high school? Um, for the most part. I Yeah, I never got too crazy. You know, I played a lot of sports, so I didn't um, have a lot of down. I think that was my parents' objective, was to never give me downtime. <laughs> Sure. So like every, every evening I would have like a practice and every weekend I'd be at a tournament. So I never really got to have a lot of that downtime, I guess. Yeah, no, I get you. My, my parents kind of did a similar thing. I enjoyed this episode. I'm, I'm glad Clay got to come on and share his stories. It was a little bit lighter than our normal fare. So it was fun to get to hear that and hear another instance of the shadow man, but more so get to know that there's just some good friendly ghost out there. You know, every now and then you get a Casper. Or a Dan. Or Dan. I mean, I will say great name for the ghost. I I did really like that name. Yeah. Dan is like such a like unassuming ghost name. It's like the ghost next door. Like, (laughs) there's Dan. Yeah. I just picture like Dan watering his yard every day at 5 p.m. (laughs) Yeah. Like his biggest problems are shaking the door. (laughs) (laughs) And like sitting in a rocking chair. The the rocking chair only rocks because he's cleaning it and he can't figure out how to get it to not rock while he's cleaning it. You know, Aww. it's very like meticulous. Yeah, he really wants to take care of it and make it last. Yeah, he's trying to sure. take care of his space. Also, like, what's up with clay and grandmother ghost? Because that that rocking chair was also a yeah. grandmother's rocking chair. Aw, he just has a connection with older generations. Yeah, I guess so. Old Sweet. souls, they say. 
Old soul, yeah. Before we wrap up, I know um, you guys have heard me talk about before uh, being a creative in Atlanta and working on different projects and writing and acting and that kind of stuff. And you guys have heard Andy come on. Andy is actually going to be directing a little project that Sarah and I wrote. So hopefully sometime post-pandemic life, we can share that with you guys. And there might be some ghost-related content. Are you saying there might be something spooky? I don't know. You're going to have to watch and find out. Well, on that note, I'm Noah Daniels. Uh, Did I do the marketing right? All right, Sarah. We talked about this. This is where you say your name and then we go, All right, all right, all right. Fine, do it again. And I'm keeping this in. (laughs) Noah Daniels. And I'm Sarah Stevens. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.